0: This is in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Each week we get together here and we talk about the Bible. We hear some of Michael's music. Guests join us, and uh, we have a guest joining us today. He's one of the most difficult ones we've ever had to get into the studio because he's our own producer. You know, most of the guests we get say yes immediately, but we've been cajoling Joe to join us for a long time here.
1: Yeah, I think a few th- a, f- a few threatening emails though, and we got him. He's he's <laughs> okay. ours.
0: Well, yeah, the man, Joe Carlson, is going to be with us in the first half of the program here today. And then Donald Cole, the late Pastor Cole, will join us in a rewind of an interview we did from our Join the Journey broadcast many years ago. Even so, come Lord Jesus. We'll talk with Don Cole in the second
1: half of the program. I'm just anxious to hear his voice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Cole. I mean, I, yeah. I think uh, 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 there, a lot of our listeners out there have great memories of, of his ministry. Indeed. Yeah. Well, I like to share listener comments, first of all, because
0: they encourage us, and second of all, because it lets you know that we do enjoy hearing from you, and I hope more of you will write to us. Here's a couple of them. This one from Jill. Thank you for this inspiring podcast, as well as having Mr. Tasker's song, You Are Good. Uh, That's Nate Tasker. As our family is dealing with both the first year of the death of our mom, plus the four-year anniversary of the death of our dad before Thanksgiving. It's been a struggle at times to realize God is good, but he is. Thank you. Both parents loved your music and would have been thrilled with your podcast. Mm, Thank you, wow. Jill. And Diane writes, when trying to think of a new and different podcast to listen to while driving around town, I thought of you, Michael, as a favorite singer and wondered if you even had a podcast. You do. What I enjoy about your program is dialogue with your co-host. You sing a few songs that link with the subject at hand. You welcome a guest such as George Guthrie. And then you go into a deeper study in the topic in the Bible. Your podcast is now my go-to each day.
1: Ah, uh, that <laughs> was so nice. That nice. Yeah. It, See, and, we and, really enjoy them. And, and for people to take the time to tell us,
0: that really does mean a lot. Indeed, indeed. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear some music, and then we'll get into our conversation with Joe Carlson, our producer here on the program, who has a very interesting ministry. We'll talk about that next. Here's Michael to sing In the Wilderness Steve Mikesell joins Michael on the bass and Ken Lewis on percussion.
1: In the wilderness, in the wilderness, he calls his sons and daughters to the wilderness. But he gives grace sufficient to survive any test. And that's the painful purpose of the wilderness. In the wilderness we wander, in the wilderness we weep In the wasteland of our wanting, where the darkness seems so deep We search for the beginning, for an exodus to home And find that those who follow Him must often walk alone In the wilderness, in the wilderness sons and daughters to the wilderness, but He gives grace sufficient to survive any test, and that's the painful purpose of the wilderness. In the wilderness we're wondering for a way to understand Wilderness, there's not a way for the ways become a man, and the man's become our exodus. The way to holy ground, and waiting in the wilderness is the best way to be found. In the wilderness, in the wilderness, He calls the sons and daughters to the wilderness, He gives grace. Sufficient to survive any test. And that's the painful purpose of the wilderness. And that's the painful promise of the wilderness.
0: A reason we chose that song, and we're going to talk about being in the wilderness here. It'll be the theme of our biblical conversation with our friend Joe Carlson. Mike, it took all year. This is the final program of the year. Yeah, took all this time to get Joe. We couldn't even get him into the studio. We only got him to sit in his normal chair and just put a microphone in front of himself to join us now. So
1: yeah, but but I've still uh, I still have to appreciate the fact that he's willing to come from from us as it were around the console and. <laughs> And the condescend to men of low estate in front of the microphone
2: <laughs> with us.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and, and record all this at the same time.
0: He's being very amphibious. Not not amphibious. Not amphibious. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe, you're remarkable. Thanks for joining us.
2: Well, as I'm speaking, I'm watching the computer screen to make sure I'm actually recording into the computer. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, now rub your head. Okay. No, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. <laughs> okay. Can't do that. All right. In
0: all seriousness, Mike, we love this guy. He he really makes this program happen.
2: Well,
1: you, you mentioned the song "In the Wilderness." Um, I write songs about the wilderness. Joe actually moves into hmm. a wilderness, and uh, yeah, and yeah. and I, I I think I would love to hear Joe update us on where his ministry is now at Cook yeah. County Jail and kind of what's going on in his life.
2: Yeah, it's been a. As we're at the end of the year, it's one of those times where you look back at a year, and in the last year with COVID. Um, as a chaplain at Cook County Jail for a good part of the year, uh, I was not allowed to be in the facility mm-hmm. wow. because of how the disease was uh, uh, raging in that facility and how they were able to get a handle on it. And to, mm-hmm. part of that is to cut down on a lot of outside people coming in. So even as a staff chaplain, I wasn't able to be in. Mm-hmm. Eventually in May, they, uh, I was able to get back in. And uh, one of the things that I I, I noticed immediately is uh, when I would see somebody, and it was very restricted. I mean, masks, uh, one-on-ones, under 15 minutes, in the hallway, uh, so it's always chaotic, always something moving on. But I would just say, so uh, why would you want to see a chaplain? Hmm. And the guy would say... I was asking the Lord for a chaplain to come by, and here you are, oh. right on time. I would hear that, right on timeline. Wow. And it's it was so humbling. And then as we talk with guys over uh, the year, um, you know, Mike, I've been sitting with you for years. I've read your books. I've been to Israel with you. We sat in the wilderness mm, of yeah, Judea. Yeah, we've been there. yeah. We've been there. Yeah. And so I'll remind guys that, in, you know, because I'm, a, whenever I, I go, I always encourage them to read Mark's gospel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just wanted to set the context because you said Cook County. For listeners around the world may not know what Cook County Jail is. Oh, yeah. let's, let's explain that.
2: Oh, well, Cook County Jail is one of the largest uh, correctional facilities in the United States. It's, mm. um, uh, Cook County has um, several thousand people at any one, any one day at Cook County. Mm. How uh, many? Several thousand. So uh, I think that uh, when I started, it was close to almost 8,000 on an average day. Uh, over time, it's dropped down to yeah. about uh, 4,000 to 5,000. And this is Chicago. In Chicago, uh, it's a 20-some acre campus. Lots of different divisions, different areas. Some are high security. Uh, others are um, uh, medical, mental health focused. Others are with a general population. Mm-hmm. So um, Pre-COVID, I was in all yeah. the different divisions. But post-COVID, I've only been allowed into a, a couple different spots. Okay. Uh, the one primary division that I serve as a what they call staff chaplain, which is, means I have responsibilities in that area. And they've opened up into the mental health and the medical w- wings over time.
0: And I want to mention, too, it Chicagoland
2: Prison Outreach is the Chicago organization. Chicagoland Prison yeah. Outreach is the organization I work with.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I just looked it up real quick. There's a total population of eight thousand seven hundred and thirty-nine. Wow! Uh, in the jail, there are five thousand nine hundred thirty-six, and they electronically monitor two thousand eight hundred people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I huh. can't that's even. Called, uh, the, yeah, <laughs> I can't even begin. Yeah, to it's a lot of people. Of that. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's a small town.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and since uh, with COVID, um, just try to see a, a, a lot of people that one on one. It's difficult, mm-hmm. and, uh, and to keep up with everyone. Yeah. But one of the things I do is that I'm always uh, handing out Bibles. The best thing I can do is give someone the Word of God, mm-hmm. and, I, and I always tell them, do you know where to start? Because if you just give someone a Bible, they might not know where to turn. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you know, I tell them, I'm a Gospel of Mark guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, I love Mark's Gospel. I said, it was the first Gospel written. Uh, Mark is written more like, a I call it a movie script. Mm-hmm. It shows scenes. I said it shows Jesus in dialogue, not just sitting and teaching. It shows Jesus interacting with people in crisis. Mm. And, being very, and being very emotional. If you're in here, you're in a crisis. Yeah. So Mark mm-hmm. is for you, uh-huh. and you get to hear how Jesus might want to talk to you mm-hmm. while you're in Incredible. this wilderness. I always wow. use the term wilderness because I said that's one of the themes in Mark, how when you're in a time of need— a time of loneliness, a time where you don't know where you're going to get your, you know, there's like, a, you're at a point of dry. That's mm-hmm. a, that's what I remember being in the Judean wilderness. It's dry, yes. and if you step off the wrong spot on some of those hills, you could tumble, Yeah, and it is dangerous. And as and Bill started, Lane would
1: say, God establishes us as his sons and daughters in the wilderness, so that's yes. all happening at the same time.
2: Yeah, and then I talk about, you know, Look at someone like Moses. He spent 40 years in the wilderness yeah. before God showed up to him. I said, do you think God wasted his time?
1: Yeah.
2: And the guys will look at him and say, no, I don't know if he did. And I said, I think he needed that time to get ready to even be ready to hear and see. hmm So it could be that in your wilderness, God wants to find you. You need to be watching and listening. Mm. And so that's why I'm always encouraging people to read Mark's gospel. This mm-hmm.
0: is really interesting, Joe. And I know you are a Mark guy, and we talk about it often. Um, let, let, should we open to Mark?
2: Yeah, let, and I'll let, tell you, well, this is one of the key passages that I always start off with somebody. Okay. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 1, and I always like to take them to uh, verse 14, because listen to how it starts. It says, after John was arrested. Okay, mm-hmm. stop right there. <laughs>
0: these, are, these are men in prison. Yeah. So, so after yeah. John was arrested. Yeah. So that's why. There's I, a point of identification yeah, right there. Yeah. I said,
2: I always say, John was arrested. And, and, and I say, now that's a story. I say, <laughs> you know, but let's keep going. Okay. Yeah. That's and a I whole say, other story. Yeah. yeah. But it says, Jesus went into Galilee, said, proclaiming the good news. And I said, this is what this sermon was. I said, they take, maybe you talk for an hour, but you only get three lines. This mm. is what they are. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Mm. And I always say, you know, that time is not just TikTok time. I point to my watch because guys are always worried about time. Mm. Chap, what time is it? Mm -hmm. Right? And then I ask them about when their court date is and what are they looking at and uh, how long they've been there. So chronological uh, time. Chronological, but it's not what Jesus is talking about. I said, he's talking, Mm -hmm. he uses a different word. It's it's called kairos. And I said, you know what that is? It's a Greek word. It means not just a a clock time. It means an opportunity time. Something Mm -hmm. shows up. Uh, You're on your path, and all of a sudden, there's an opportunity, a decision. So that decision means this is now an important time. I said, yep. you might be in here. You might think you're wasting your time. You might think you're biding your time. And I see guys doing both. Or I said, you can make this an important time mm-hmm. in a bad time. Mm-hmm. And what's the opportunity? Kingdom of God is near. Mm. Kingdom of God is near. And I tell guys, before I come in here, I say, Jesus, who are you going to put on my path? And when you put someone on my path, you got to tell me what to say to them because I'm just a bald middle-aged guy. What do I mm. know? <laughs> right? and, and I tell Bill, guys, you used to
1: Bill used to use the word kairotic. He turned that into an wow. adjective. And a, yeah. a moment, it was the chirotic moment, the moment that's full of meaning. And, uh, and, and he, he stressed, like you, Joe, we don't have a word for that in English.
2: Yeah. The fullness of time, whatever. But this opportunity, then, is the kingdom of God is near. And I said, I always say, pal, I want you to take the time to start finding out what this is. You might be in this bad time, but it could be God wants to do something, not just fix your problem, but bring you into something totally new. Yes. Right? Yeah. But then what, what, so what do we do about it? The, the next line is, the last line is, repent and believe. And I always say, do you know what that means, repent, believe? And they kind of look at me, and then I'll say, in Chicago we have a highway, uh, I-55, and if you're in downtown Chicago, if you're going on I-55 South, it'll say to St. Louis. Or if you're trying to get into the city, it'll say to Chicago. And I said, if I'm on I-55 and I'm driving and I start seeing signs that say Joliet, which is outside of Chicago, or mm-hmm. Pontiac, 23 miles. That's way outside Chicago—I Chicago. <laughs> says, At some point, I'm seeing signs that are telling me I'm not going to Chicago. And yes. I believe those signs. But I said, until you put your blinker on, turn the steering wheel, and take the next exit. Mm. All you do is you're believing it, but you have not put feet to it. Mm. So what do you have to do? Blinker, steering wheel, you don't stop at the Culver's, you don't stop and buy a lotto ticket. (laughs) You get on the entrance ramp, and you get pointing in the right direction. And I say, Mm. are you in Chicago yet? Oh, no. That's right, you gotta hit, your, hit the gas and you might mm-hmm. have to drive 45 minutes before you see the top of the Sears Tower. Mm. And do you find
1: that the inmates there resonate with that? I mean, you're, yep, you're kind of yep. bringing the, the word right, I mean, what Jesus did, you're bringing the word to them at their level and yes. in a way they can understand.
2: So I'll start looking into a, a passage like the paralyzed man, start reading through the details, and then I'll say, listen to what Jesus says. You, what do you think the first thing he's gonna tell this guy? I said, listen to the first thing he says. He'll go, son, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, what if you were that guy on that mat? What if you heard Jesus say that to you? And you see their eyes get wide and they just go, oh, I wish I could be forgiven like that.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: I said, that's how I want you to read Mark's gospel. Wow. What if Jesus in here is talking to you now? Mm-hmm. Mm. And, um, and I said, I'll come back and see how you're doing. And so I said, it might take me a while because there's a a thousand guys in this building. I was going to say, how do you
0: get this message to so many at the same time? You know
2: what? I see one at a time. And so when I'm doing my rounds in a particular session, I might see 12 to 15 guys. Mm. Okay. I keep up with them. I tell them, when I'm able to get back, I'll see you. And then when I'm able to get back and I see them, sometimes the guys haven't read. And I say, I never throw a stone at you when I ask. I just want to encourage you. That the kingdom of God is near, yeah. right?
0: And you've told me when you walk into a room and they might be milling around, they'll, they'll, they come to you, don't they, Joe?
2: Well, it used to be that. Now they have to, you know, they have to wait to come out to see me. All so they have of the to, because of COVID. Okay, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. But when I'm able to talk with someone and they say, "Yeah, I've been reading," and I said, "So what? What do you think?" Mm. And they go, "It's right. You're right. It is like a movie." Mm. And I said, "So what character do you think you're like?" Mm. And I, I remember this one guy just saying. I'm like that demon-possessed guy. Wow. And I think that I I need to have Jesus just give me that grace. Wow. Wow. At the right time, someone's able to hear the right truth Mm. in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And it really does take an awful time, a negative time, a bad time, and it turns it into important time. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I hear awful, awful stories. I can't imagine. Sometimes I come over... I come away shaken from what I hear, yeah. and it, it, but I know that I'm sharing the hope of the Savior of the mm. world, mm-hmm. and that is a humble privilege. Yeah, it's humble privilege mm. to do that.
0: Well, God is using you. I mean, it is a Mike. I've I've watched you over a number of years now, get into this ministry and see how his heart's been turned to this mm-hmm. ministry. It really is an amazing story. Yeah. Um, we're going to hear a song from Mike. Um, our producer, some guy named Joe, chose this song. I wonder if our guest, Joe, might want to say something about it. Why, why you chose this song?
2: Well, part of it, it is the freedom that we have in Christ. It's that year of jubilee that Jesus talks about uh, in uh, Luke chapter 4. And, uh, Mike, I think that you have the passage open. Yep. But I just thought that after this conversation of talking about something that would be negative like a wilderness— that in a, especially as we're looking at this t- season of the year where we're looking at a new year, that there is the hope of a new year. There is something that Jesus, that maybe in our negative time in our wilderness, it might be that the Lord is saying, no, this is an opportunity time. Yeah, he's got the whole and world in his can...
1: hands, but he's also got the whole year yeah. in his hands.
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So Mike, what do you got in Luke?
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, this is Luke 4, starting in verse 16. He came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So he's an observant Jew. He goes to the synagogue. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's a reference to Jubilee, the Jubilee year. Yeah. It, he then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him, because they're waiting for him to preach a sermon on, the, on that passage. That's how it works. You read the passage, and you sit down, and you expound on it. And so this is his sermon. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, the scripture has been fulfilled. (laughs) Kind of a short sermon. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. he He has their attention, definitely. Yep,
0: yep. Well, let's hear Mike's song, Jubilee, and Joe, let's not wait a year before you come back and
1: join us again.
2: Well, you know, since you guys are so kind, maybe, <laughs> maybe. We're
1: always kind. Mike, aren't we always yeah, kind? Yes, like actually, when you get away from the microphone and back behind the console is when we we revert back to our old <laughs> That's selves. That's another story. That's another story altogether.
0: <laughs> your okay. dear
2: brothers, your dear brothers.
1: Yep.
0: Thank you, men. Thank you. Here's Michael's song, Jubilee.
1: Time For the slaves to be set free For the debts to all be cancelled So his chosen ones could see His deep desire was for forgiveness He longed to see their liberty And his yearning was embodied In the year of Jubilee 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 Jesus is the Jubilee Debts forgiven, slaves set free, Jesus is our jubilant. At the Lord's appointed time, His deep desire became a man. The heart of all true jubilation, and with joy we understand. In his voice, we hear a trumpet sound that tells us we are free. He is the incarnation of the year of Jubilee. Jubilee, Jubilee. Jesus is the Jubilee that's forgiven, slaves set free. Jesus is our Jubilee. And given over to despair To look into your judge's face And see a Savior there Jubilee, Jubilee Jesus is the Jubilee Death's forgiven, slaves set free Jesus is our Jew
0: Such a great song. I love that. Jubilee, Michael Card in the studio. Um, here we are, last week of the year, a great time to think about how we're going to approach the new year when it comes to our Bible reading plan, Michael.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're going to uh, go with a plan, now is the time to to uh, to find it. Mm-hmm. So plans work for some people, and um, some people just read straight through. That's That's what I do. Right. I start in Genesis right. and read straight through. Do you? But okay. But some people really enjoy a plan that kind of overviews the whole Bible. You feel like you're getting more traction early earlier on and I think yeah. the the clearly the best plan I think is the the chronological Bible that uh, George Guthrie did. He's there. Yeah, I was going to mention the guests. same thing. It happens to be our featured
0: resource right now, but we really yeah. do believe in this. Uh, we love George and the work that he's done here and it's yeah. a great way to approach the scriptures. The day-by-day chronological Bible. We'll have more information of course uh, on the program here today. Uh, Here's a comment from a listener. I'm writing to thank Michael Card for his ministry of faithfulness to the scriptures and teaching. I became a Christian in 1990. I was introduced to Michael's music soon after, and being a follower who's always had a hunger for the word, I cannot express my gratitude clearly enough. Decades later, I'm still listening, scandal on this morning on my way to work. I've been a pastor for the last 20 years, and no other artist has had such a profound effect on my ministry from one bible nerd to another. Thank you. <laughs> Your music helped affirm my calling. I feel like an idiot for waiting so long to say thanks. May the Aww. Lord continue to bless you and yours. Russ,
1: Russ, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Russ. And don't don't you ever be ashamed of being a bible nerd. You you wear that proudly. <laughs>
0: We need a button made for that, don't we? We do a
1: T-shirt. I, I think a T-shirt would yeah. be cool.
0: Oh, there you go. That's even a better <laughs> idea. All right, but this week is the time to to plan ahead and think. Okay, how am I going to to engage in the scriptures in this coming year? What can I do better this coming year yeah. uh, as a as compared to the past? And most of us could say we could probably spend more time in the Word.
1: Yeah, you could. And 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 maybe the plan is I'm going to start with gospels. I'm going to do gospels this year, and and spend, you know. Uh, not just simply reading through, but reading through multiple times. Maybe I'm going to spend the first six months of this year just on the Gospels, mm-hmm. until I feel like I sort of get a handle on them. Not not just a you know a, a once through uh, reading of of right. any, but but I'm going to I'm going to focus. There, there's so many different ways you can approach the Bible. And I've heard you say before we should read the scriptures fast. We shouldn't, you know. You should
0: get the whole scope, right?
1: Definitely. And and there's obviously we need to meditate. And this idea of you know taking one verse and meditating and praying, praying through it. That's obviously that's that's a that's a, a brilliant way to to approach it too. But I like to read things fast and that read a whole book in one setting. Uh, And and again You get to where where it's going You know you get the whole um, Especially a book like a gospel And you think oh the gospels are so long You can read most of the gospels in an hour or two They're not that long Well thank you for that encouragement Michael Again our featured
0: resource is the day by day Chronological Bible It's one way to go as you plan for your new year Our hope is the discussion we've had Will prompt you to explore God's word on your own Check out the resources we have online To help you go deeper Michael has several Bible study books, as well as music and news about upcoming Bible conferences there. Explore all that is waiting for you at michaelcard.com. Coming up, a classic session you won't want to miss after this message here in the studio with Michael Card. Michael, this month we're featuring the
1: day-by-day Chronological Bible. I'm so glad that we get to feature this important Bible edition from my good friend, Dr. George Guthrie. George has been with us many times and we've appreciated his scholarship and ability to make the Bible understandable. That's why we want to point you to the Day-by-Day Chronological Bible. This study tool combines a daily reading plan with a unique way of tracing the flow of God's action through
0: history. Visit csbible.com and search for Day-by-Day Chronological Bible to learn more about this helpful way to get into God's Word as we prepare to start off the new year. When you order, receive your 30% discount on your CSB purchase through Lifeway when you type in the studio as one word in the promotion code. The Christian Standard Bible, scholarly, accurate, readable, current, and a wonderful gift for this time of year. Search for the day-by-day Chronological Bible now at csbible.com. Michael, do you remember way back when we first started recording programs together, we called it Joy in the Journey at that time. Remember that? Yep. Well, one of the guests we had was our dear, dear brother, Pastor Don Cole, is with the Lord now. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be so good to hear his voice again as we replay this.
1: And I can remember he was one of our first guests and thinking to myself, well, we're we're doing a real radio program if we're we're going to talk to Don Cole. (laughs) And he gets on there with that sweet countenance of his and that sweet voice of his, and what a, ugh, I love that man.
0: All right. Let's go back in time. Pastor Cole, welcome to Join
3: the Journey. Thank you. It is a joyful journey, too. Mm -hmm.
0: We uh, really enjoy being in this place, but even more than that, we enjoy opening God's Word together. And Michael, as we focus on the Word this week, we want to think about the hope of Christ's return. I know you've got your charts and everything all figured out. Right. You, you know exactly when Christ we've, is coming, right? We've,
1: we've spent a little time calculating today with uh, Pastor Cole, and we've got, I think we've got the year down. I don't know if we've got the day yet. But uh, no, actually, we're going to be looking at things that uh, Peter says even angels long to look into mm-hmm. uh, and, and focusing on uh, hopefully the very soon return of our Lord. Pastor, have we
0: lost the hope? Have we forgotten that Christ is coming?
3: I think that as a whole many in the church have lost the hope of his coming. We may hold to it theologically but I uh, see the difference between my youth, a very sharp contrast between the kind of preaching that was very popular and the kind that we hear now. Nowadays there's a tremendous amount of psychologizing Mm turning scriptures into talks about relationships between people and this is important and i have to say that i think it was a mistake that in the past nobody ever thought of that but 50 years ago even more than that and even less than that at every bible conference the theme of the return of christ was prominent Mm -hmm. even though they may have convened a group of people to talk about uh, some other subject, say salvation, the atonement. No preacher dared close his message without telling God's people Maranatha or Maranatha Mm -hmm. as it should be pronounced and probably never will be by the masses (laughs) of people. (laughs) But we know where that comes in one of Paul's letters to the Thessalonians and it really means the Lord is coming.
0: Well, as a matter of fact, in a few moments, we're going to ask Michael to sing Maranatha, as you pronounce it, Michael, mm-hmm. correctly. Where can we go in the scriptures to read about Christ's coming, Pastor?
3: Just about any place. <laughs> mm-hmm. But let's uh, begin with 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Michael, okay. how about you reading that paragraph beginning in verse 3? We all know that the unit of thought in the New Testament is the paragraph. And most mistakes in theology are made by lifting a text out of its context. Mm. So how about reading that paragraph beginning with verse 3? Praise be to the God
1: and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls.
3: That is beautiful. That's joy in the journey, isn't it? It is indeed, and we have to note, of course, that he begins with this note of praise. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth. Now, I don't think he's talking primarily about the new birth. He's talking about this new birth into a living hope Hmm. through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the second thing, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. I think that I see in this passage Peter recalling his despair following the death of Christ. And you remember those three days and three nights, how that the apostles were in terrible disarray. Mm. They'd never twigged onto the fact that he meant what he said (laughs) when he told them he was going to rise from the dead. They'd never caught on so that he could tell them they were slow of heart to believe. But then when Christ was raised from the dead, the apostle Paul tells us he appeared unto Peter. And... We find that also in the gospel accounts. And I think that was the moment when he was born again, so to speak, into a living hope. Hmm. Not born again in the sense that now he's regenerated, but now for the first time he really has a living hope that can never be taken away from him.
0: His understanding has been opened up as Hmm. to what, what the
3: future holds. That's right. And he finds that there is a future. Because apart from the coming of Christ, there is no future there's simply darkness. We were talking about a book that you have, a very fine little book, in which a man converses with an old professor. And the old professor has nothing to look forward to except death. And he's going to make his dying a kind of triumphant experience. Though there's really nothing triumphant about death. Mm -hmm. Death is described in the Bible as an enemy. But for Peter and the other apostles, with the coming of Christ in the resurrection, his coming back to life, all of a sudden, the promise of Christ, I will come for you, found in John's Gospel, chapter 14, all of a sudden, that has a meaning that it didn't have before. I don't think they remembered that until after his resurrection. And he had told them that the Holy Spirit would Remind them of the things he taught them and lead them into new truth. And then they recall his words that in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Now, this is very direct language. Absolutely. And and, and yet... But they didn't catch on. No. They didn't catch on to his language about the fact of his death and resurrection. They were completely stunned by it. You yeah, know, it's always amazing to me that
1: Peter can look into the tomb, see the empty tomb, and walk away, the Bible says, wondering to himself what might have happened. There was yeah. no expectation that he would be raised from the dead.
3: He probably was wondering, did they steal the body? What did they do with the body? What happened Was he not really properly buried here? I wasn't here to watch the burial. Hmm. What happened? Hmm. But now, as we read, the Lord appeared to Peter. And you can only imagine the things he said to him. Hmm. Because later on, in that room, when they were all together, he said, Peter, do you love me? Several times over. (laughs) But first of all, there's that private restoration. And I think that Peter's alluding to that here. Now, Some may think, no, he's just talking about the new birth, regeneration that takes place when you believe in Jesus. But it said he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Meaning, now, at last, I understand he's going to come back for us. We have a future, Mm. not here on earth, but there is a heaven that's waiting for us.
0: Pastor Cole, I think this would be a great point to pause and to let this soak in a bit as we listen to Michael right here in this wonderful studio sing this song for us. which uh, you pronounce Maranatha? We've, most of us call it Maranatha, but mm-hmm. correctly it's called Maranatha.
1: Yeah, um, William Lane, our, our, uh, the, the, the very fine teacher that we've had on this program a number of times, taught us to pronounce it that way.
0: All right, Michael is going to sing for us now, then joined by Ken Lewis, uh, providing the percussion here, Maranatha.
1: Maranatha is the cry of the heart That's hopeful yet weary of waiting While it may be joyful with the burdens it bears It's sick without the promise one day after day and the promise that soon he'd return it's certain that waiting the most bitter lesson a believing heart has to learn Call And that will be all Though it's not yet the hour The minutes are ticking away Maranatha is the shout of the few Who for so long in history been high The sound of that call Might actually hasten his coming For no eye has seen And no ear has yet heard And no mind has ever conceived Joy of the moment when He will appear And that will be all Though it's not yet the hour The minutes are ticking away
0: Michael Card singing of the hope we have of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Maranatha, so Don, you enjoyed hearing Michael sing that song.
3: I love that song, and I like the way you sing it. Your songs all are based on Scripture, with more than one or two lines. Thank do you, you really believe the things you wrote, Michael?
1: I I do, and um, uh, and I'm thankful for having had uh, teachers like uh, like you to to put those ideas in my head so that they could become songs. Because they all came from Bible lessons.
3: I can believe that. And I also know that you believe that. One of the things that I'd like to draw attention to in this paragraph, and that is he's given us new birth into a living hope. We talked about that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead.
0: Let me just say, Pastor Cole, again, for listeners who have just joined us, we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning around verse 3 here.
3: Okay. The second thing that he has given us here is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. This inheritance, meaning the future and all that that entails, depends upon the truth of the coming of Christ. Because there's more to it than simply dying and being taken to heaven. That happens to us right now. When we die, everybody who has died before today, who is a believer, has gone straight to heaven. But this inheritance depends to a very great extent upon Christ's return. And he talks about it in terms of salvation. He says, Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In other words, he uses this term salvation in one way in this verse and at the end of verse 9 in another way where he speaks about our being filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We are receiving that in the sense that today we Christian people even though we are passing through various trials, are nonetheless capable of having joy in that journey. Mm -hmm. And that is part of a salvation which we are enjoying right now, and it's complementary to the salvation that is going to be revealed when all of God's plans for us are going to be fulfilled. So he looks forward to that, and that will be ours at the coming of Christ when he comes to do everything that he has promised to do. That's why, one reason why every day when we pray, we say, thy kingdom come. Hmm. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's part of the truth of the Lord's coming. In other words, come and finish all that you've started. Help us enter into that great inheritance which is ours. Which is summed up under the word salvation—that is going to be revealed. It's not yet visible, not yet clear to most of the people on the earth, but it will be when Christ returns. Well,
1: Pastor Cole, what keeps us from being filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy? Because that—I know that—not that—not that being a Christian is just for an experience, but um, I really hunger for that. Joy in the journey. More. I mean, the the reason uh, that I wrote that song in the first place, not was because I had it, but because I wanted it so much. And uh, Peter seems to almost assume that these sorts of realizations uh, are going to lead to these. In this, you greatly rejoice,
3: and and um, well, we do, but we weep also. And there's nothing inconsistent with times of tears and also the great joy that we have as Christian people. For example, the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter two, talks about an occasion when he went to a town called Troas and there the Lord had given him an open door, which is a metaphor for a great opportunity to preach the gospel. But he said, I had no peace of mind. Hmm. Why not? Because I was lonely. Hmm. He said, Titus had not come. And as a result of that, even though there was an open door, he pushed on to Macedonia. In chapter 7, he's still recalling these events. He speaks of God who comforts the downcast.
1: Hmm. Meaning and
3: that's himself. what he was. Uh-huh. He said, he comforted me by the coming of Titus. Now, you could say of Paul that he was one who had joy in the journey. But he experienced the whole range of emotions. Mm-hmm. And here in this very same seventh chapter in 2 Corinthians where he said, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, not only by his coming but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Mm. So he goes from being downcast to being filled with joy, because of their sorrow over the things he was experiencing, because he was seeing evidence in them of eternal life. Mm. So joy in the journey does not mean we're always snapping our fingers and tapping our heels and saying, aren't you happy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you cannot be a mature Christian person unless you know how to weep. Mm. There's a sense that you
0: get when you read passages like this in First Peter and others, First uh, Thessalonians, where there is a, a call to watchfulness. I think that's another thing that we've lost, you know? When we wake up each day, do we think maybe maybe it's today? Maybe the Lord will come today?
1: Well, and I, I think if you're gonna sum up Jesus' basic teaching on the second coming, that's that's basically it, be ready and watch. Right. Because no one knows, he went so far as to say, and I, don't, I certainly don't understand this, that even he didn't know uh,
3: when it would be, but uh, that we should be watchful and we should be ready. That's right. One of my favorite texts, which was given to me, by the way, by an old missionary in Angola. He was associated with the United Church of Canada, which in those days was a very fine group of people. And he said that the motto in his house was Occupy till I come. <laughs> and the reason they picked that was that his mother in law was always waiting for Christ to return. Whereas he was preoccupied with troubles and problems of the world. So he said, for me, the word is occupy. For mother, meaning his mother-in-law, the word is till (laughs) I
1: come.
3: And I thought it was a great combination of uh, ideas, biblical ideas. In other words, we expect him to come. And in the old days, go back to my youth, when Christians wrote letters to each other, this may have been an affectation, but I don't think so at the end of a letter, they'd write that word beginning with M. How do you pronounce it? Maranatha. Maranatha. Mm -hmm. We always said Maranatha, but Mm. Maranatha, and what does it mean? Anathema, Maranatha. You remember the apostle Paul puts the two together? Mm. And he's talking about those who do not love the Lord's return. Let them be accursed. Mm. And then for the rest of us, the Lord is coming. Mm. That's really what it means. And they'd write that word at the end of their letters,
1: hmm. uh, well, I know in the first century, uh, the believers actually thought that they would hasten His coming with that word. That it, it mm-hmm. was something that would actually uh, hurry Jesus along and coming back. Maybe we could use a little of that today,
0: yeah. Pastor. I think we have time to turn to First Thessalonians, which is another one of these passages that talks about this attitude of watchfulness. Uh, I like what leads up to verse thirteen in in chapter four of First Thessalonians, where it talks about just how you lead your daily life. You know,
1: and we know that this Thessalonian letter was written uh, to a group of people who had received some um, false teaching on the second coming, and so Paul had to write and and clear up some of their uh, some of this heresy that was in the church.
3: Well, in this chapter four, the false teaching that they'd received was that uh, those who had died and that would include, up to now, nearly 2,000 years. Hmm. Those who died would lose out. They would not be part of the eternal kingdom when Christ was going to return. Hmm. And so Paul is going to teach them, yes, they will be with him when he returns because he's going to catch them away first. Hmm. So he says that we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. The metaphor of falling asleep here refers only to the body. The body sleeps. The soul does not sleep. Hmm. Because when a person dies, immediately his soul goes to be with Christ. But the body looks as if it's asleep. The body is the object of resurrection, not the soul. The soul is never resurrected. At the resurrection, it is reunited with a new body, which has some biological link with the old body. All God needs is a, a molecule, or what is smaller than a molecule? <laughs> That's all he needs to establish identity, and he gives us new bodies.
0: So don't be ignorant like those who or about those who fall asleep, or to grieve like the rest of men who have, again, here's that word, who have no hope. Yes,
3: whereas we have a living hope. We believe. What do we believe? We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so... We have to believe the next thing. God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep with him. The second coming is part of the gospel. And if you forget about it, then you have a truncated gospel. Hmm. We believe. What do we believe? Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him.
0: In the few seconds we have left, uh, Michael and Pastor Cole, how then shall we live? Uh, We should live with a sense of watchfulness, right?
3: Well, you already pointed to that, verse 11 and 12, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Hmm. That's part of it.
0: So go about your life, live life with joy, with expectation, and uh, look for the second coming of Jesus
3: Christ. Absolutely.
1: Pastor Cole, as always, it's been wonderful having you here and just spending time with you uh, in and outside the studio means an awful lot to me. So and to for me.
3: Coming. Thank you so much, Michael. God bless you.
0: And as we close this week's program, let's go back to that great song, sung by Michael here, Maranatha.
1: That will be all, though it's not yet the hour, the minutes are ticking away.
0: A wonderful song from Michael that wraps up this session in the studio with Michael Card. If this time together has been valuable for you, please take a moment and pass along your comments to us. You can send your comments, song requests, or questions to us when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. Or post your reaction and interact with other listeners on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. Learn about Michael's books, his music, and conference ministry so you can expand what you've heard in this session all at michaelcard.com. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. This month, we're highlighting the day-by-day chronological Bible put together by our good friend, Dr. George Guthrie. This daily reading edition would be a great tool for yourself or a gift for someone who wants to start a reading plan in the new year. When you visit csbible.com, search for day-by-day chronological Bible. And when you order your copy, Use the promotion code in the studio typed with no spaces to receive your 30% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Search for a day-by-day chronological Bible available now at csbible.com. We hope you'll join us for next week's podcast release. For all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card.